0: This evening, I'm talking with Bruce Cromer, an actor who has performed with just about every Cincinnati theater company. He's perhaps most familiar to audiences that have attended the Cincinnati Playhouse as a Christmas Carol. He played Bob Cratchit for many years, and in 2007, he grew up and took over the role of Ebenezer Scrooge, which he's played for uh, a decade now. He's done a lot more. He's done leads in Shakespearean plays. He's done solo performances. So Bruce, I'd like to start by asking you just what started you on a career in theater? Did someone inspire you or how did that happen? My dad was part of the Air Force ROTC
1: program at uh, Otterbein College. I grew up in Westerville and I remember seeing dad do uh, variety shows. And he uh, was a very stern, cold, interesting man offstage, but he definitely loved humor he loved Mark Twain, he loved Garrison Keillor. He um would go on stage and do these skits that he had written, sort of like Red Skelton or something. And he'd be a beleaguered husband or something like that, and he'd give speeches at functions, but he definitely inspired me. I thought this is fabulous. It's a it's a new person up there. <laughs> And then I was lucky enough to have a wonderful English teacher in, I think, sixth grade. And for whatever reason, she decided she was going to get this shy, introverted, nebbish kid to uh, audition for um, the House at Pooh Corner. So I was Christopher Robin. That was my first role with my older brother's Tigger. Uh-huh.
0: Do you include that on your resume these days? <laughs> well,
1: that's it. I still remember my track coach coming up and grabbing me in the hallway and pushing me against a wall and saying, Chrome, are you going to run hurdles or are you going to put little dots on your face and wear shorts? And I said, I'd really like to do both, Mr. Kirchner.
0: Well, you went on then, you studied at Wright State and got a theater degree there.
1: Yeah, my BFA.
0: And then I I believe you spent some time with the Alabama Shakespeare Company.
1: Seven seasons in all. It's funny, it took me so long to finish my BFA degree at Wright State. I worked for Alabama Shakespeare Festival for two summers and two tours, uh, and then would come back and uh, finish a fall, a winter and a spring quarter at Wright State to finish up my degree. The great thing was, Rick, I met my wife, Carol, really those last two years in the program. So Wright State also gave me my 38, 39 year old marriage.
0: Well, and Wright State is still keeping you occupied. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. And then the nice thing is um, I got into a rough patch. We were in Seattle. Carol and I, we had uh, two kids and uh, Wright State had an emergency teaching opening. So that's what brought me back to Ohio. I was in Alabama for seven seasons, but just during the summers. Then it went year-round. We had spent time in Seattle, New York. Uh, we just followed the jobs. And when I came back to Ohio, honestly, I thought it was a, sort of a professional death sentence because there was the human race in Dayton, and that was it. And I was a union actor. Yeah. But then I go down the, the highway. And Ed Stern said, come and audition for A Christmas Carol, met Michael Haney, and then the doors just started opening.
0: So from this point of view, uh, you've performed in more than 170 professional productions. Uh, you've been a member of Actors' Equity for years. And as you mentioned, locally, you've performed with the Playhouse, but also at Ensemble Theater and Cincinnati Shakespeare and Dayton's Human Race, which I think you were in, involved in really getting that one off the ground.
1: Yeah, the nice thing was it was started by Susie Bassani, Marsha Hanna, Kevin Moore, Scott Stoney. And it had this loose confederation of resident artists. And um, it started to go under at one point, and we did uh, Angels in America. And I got to do Prior Walters, one of the best roles I've had in my career. But uh, to do Kushner's Epic and do both parts in Dayton, Ohio where we thought, okay, this gay fantasia is probably not going to go over that well. It actually put, I'll say, the human race more artistically on the national front. But that helped me think, no, I definitely, I knew I still had to act, regardless of whether I was teaching or not. But then I really started thinking, oh, I think I've got something to teach. I think I've got something I can share with these young artists.
0: I was going to say, so what's kept you in Southwest Ohio? But I think you've just answered that question. Well, and the wonderful thing is,
1: too, I found you should develop an artistic home, a theater that will hire you. If you're lucky, they've got one show a year that you can do, that you're right for. But people that get too complacent and settled in. See, Alabama Shakespeare Festival, when I left, it was a year-round theater. They told us, you know, we moved into this $22 million new building with beautiful grounds and swans on a pond. And they said, oh, right, we've been a struggling three month summer theater. Now we're year round. You got a nine month contract. You'll be able to have a family and a home. And it's true, but the company just started devouring itself. It's what I've heard referred to as the edifice complex. You build a building. And this great group of people that got together for not much money and did a rotating rep of Shakespeare. Suddenly, they're at each other's throats. So I work at the Shakespeare Theater, in New Jersey, as well. I've got about five companies that, if they survive
0: COVID, so you played all these roles over the years. I, I have to ask, you know, it's, do you have one that you think back on was the most challenging role that you've had to play?
1: <sighs> Prior. Walter was, in many ways. It's because of the length and the emotional places that that character went. You know, I did Lear at Cincy Shakes. I've had the blessing to do Prospero in uh, Tempest two times, I believe. But I will say Macbeth at The Human Race, I was, I don't know, 47 or something. And we got towards the end of the performances, and I had one night where right before I went on for the final battle with Macduff, it unfortunately wasn't Macduff, I couldn't warn him ahead of time, but I said, I'm feeling very odd to a cast member in the VOMs waiting to go on. I said, I'm feeling very odd, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this or not. And uh, it was like rubbery legs, it was feeling faint. And uh, I don't still do not know what it was. After that, I got through the performance. We had to cancel the next performance. But that role had taken a toll on me vocally. I had done terrible things to my voice. And uh, I told a person who was giving me a ride home, you better take me to the hospital.
0: <laughs> but people will say again, well, that's the curse. It's because you were doing that show. So after all the roles that you've played, is there still one out there that you say, well, I wish I could still do that one?
1: Yeah. What is um, it? Who is it? Ian McKellen is supposedly going to do, at his ripe old age, Hamlet again.
0: Oh, my.
1: Defeating ageism. Yeah. <laughs> but I did Hamlet when I was 25 at Alabama Shakes. It's funny because, uh, again, he's textually like 33 or something. But I had all of the emotion, I thought, for it. And the director was very smart. He made it more of an action hero Hamlet rather than a, a thinking man's Hamlet. But that was such a rich role that I thought when I did it, I'm not ready for it. And now I know I wasn't. That's the one I'd really, yeah, wish I could just to say those words again.
0: Well, I hope we get a chance to see you do that. In this <laughs> uh, pandemic-stricken world, the art of theater seems pretty vulnerable these days. And and you're involved now with uh, your work at the university in training young performers what do you say to them about a, pursuing a career in theater these days
1: yeah the fabulous thing is with black lives matter and uh, a lot of stuff that's going on in our country uh, theater as a sanctuary a place where people Even online, I've watched these National Theatre Live transmissions. I've got friends that are involved in live play readings and things like that. A lot of the stuff isn't that good. But the National Theatre Live, I kept screaming for years. Why isn't Cincinnati Shake, Cincinnati Playhouse, Ensemble Theatre Cincinnati, why aren't they filming their shows? Well, it was because of union and getting the royalties for the playwrights and things like that. Well, we've had to finally approach that problem and find some solutions. To me, theater's so ephemeral, you know, but uh, I got to see One Man, Two Governors, Twelfth Night, Antony and Cleopatra, all these things at National Theater Live, beautiful camera work. They had a live audience, so it still feels like live theater, especially if it's, a, if it's a comedy. And people say, well, it's not the same as live. And I say, well, if we can pull out of this, and especially as smaller theaters can survive... I think, please keep this thing that allows international as well as national attention. You don't have to be stuck in your small region.
0: There was a fascinating production of Tartuffe done by a company in New York City. Did you know anything about this? No. Uh, no. It was done. They used Zoom to do it and uh, produced it live and then kept the video of it. And over time, this is, they're called Tartuffe in the Park. They're a sort of a scrappy young company. They did it. And normally if they did it over a weekend or two, it might've been seen by a thousand people. Online, it has been seen by 35,000 people. Yeah. So, and, you know, and that takes it one step beyond what you're describing exactly. to actually use some of these platforms that have become so courant and, uh, you know, maybe do something more with them. There are certainly limitations with it, but You know, I kind of hope if we come out on the other end, still have people who haven't abandoned the profession altogether, that we can do that sort of thing.
1: I agree. And I'm so encouraged by I forget whether it's the Black Theater Collective, but in Cincinnati alone, there are people speaking up saying, look, the way theater was being done... It, again, could be divisive or exclusionary. We can change things now because we're forced to, in a sense. My biggest fear is like, we're going to go back to the same old, same old. And I've always been, I'm not an activist. I love the fact that we are drawn to now movies, television shows. People are still surviving by seeing stories, drawing up to an electronic fire, and having performers do make-believe. And that's how we are defining our culture. But there are other stories, now that we know, need to be told by different people.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I hope that we have many more opportunities to see you telling some of those stories. Uh, so many of them, I've enjoyed some of your solo performances in particular. The Iliad that you did for uh, Ensemble Theater was just a remarkable piece. I'm sure it had to be exhausting. But, but that uh, was
1: definitely one of the highlights of my career. I so thank Lynn Myers and Michael Haney, who's directed me so many times. There are certain individuals, artists that you run into, as well as theater people, they really do understand that thing of you don't have to have a lot of bells and whistles, but it's a challenge and you got to step up
0: to the bar. Well, we could go on for hours here, but uh, I think my time is running short. My guest for this evening's final installment of Around Cincinnati has been one of our region's favorite actors, Bruce Cromer. It's been a pleasure to chat with you, Bruce.
1: Thank you, Rick.
0: Tonight and in the past, and I want to mention that we've assembled a couple of your past interviews that if people go to the uh, WBXU website, they can hear some more of things that you have okay. to say. You and me about- and Michael, we spent, had a lot of good, good recordings, yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, listeners, you can find that at wvxu.org slash Around Cincinnati. Bruce, thanks again for all your excellent performances over the years. Thank you very much. For Around Cincinnati, one last time, I'm Rick Pender.